Big Fluff. But now that all my childhood dreams are starting to come true, I mean, it's nice, don't get me wrong. That kid is just way more interesting to me. I used to think life was all about me. I was the hero of my own story. Bruce Wayne of one lifelong issue of Detective Comics, so to speak. And that kid came along and suddenly you realize you're not Bruce Wayne anymore. You're Thomas Wayne, or Bruce Wayne's mom, whose name escapes me. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm his hetero life mate, Andy McIntyre. <laughs> and this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch malign movies and we find a silver lining. Uh, yeah, and this week we are continuing our deep cut sequel month where uh, we're playing a little fast and loose because uh, this isn't a direct necessary, necessary sequel, uh, but we're talking about Jay and Silent Bob reboot. But it is like part eight or nine of the View Universe series of movies. So we're going to count it. Snoogans. Bang. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for, for stating that. Obviously, yeah. The, it's, hey, before Marvel, this was the, the premier 1990s shared, shared universe. universe. Yeah. Uh, which I guess Jay and Silent Bob uh, Strike Back would be, you know, the equivalent of like the Avengers. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because they're slowly building up all the characters to have them come together and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And then I think the only other universe movie is Clerks 2, right? And then this one. Post Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? Yeah. Yeah, because I think there's always rumors... You know, there's rumors of another Mallrats being made at some point, but and yeah. Been talk about Clerks 3 at various points. Yeah, but thus far, uh, it's just these two. Yeah, and so let's just cards on the table right at the top. I feel like a lot of this, all of this depends on how you feel about Kevin Smith, for sure. One, I'm going to even take it a step further and... I think all of this depends on how you feel about his Viewerskew universe movies. Yeah, no, for sure. And so I think because my maybe... opinion of those is very different than my opinion of Kevin <laughs> Smith. Right. Good point. Very good point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, sticking to the movies though, I will say Clerks. When I first saw it, like blew my mind. Like I, I, I'm the right demographic for that movie. Like it, it really was. A movie that I obviously very much loved and, uh, you know, Mallrats, I enjoyed. It's uh, fun. Yeah. Chasing Amy. Eh. I really like Chasing Amy. I get why it shouldn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, we'll get to that in this movie. I think this movie did a good job of retconning some of the big problems with Chasing Amy. Uh, but I will say this. The Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is... A movie that has not aged well. A movie that has a lot of problematic content in it. It is a movie that I really do enjoy. And it is a movie <laughs> that my wife and I have watched possibly more than most other movies. It's one of those like comfort. We both really enjoy it. Throw it on movies to watch in the background while you're doing other stuff. It's such an easy watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely went through... I don't want to say that I was like a fanboy of the whole View Askew movies, but I, I really enjoyed Dogma. I thought was great. 
Um, oh, Dogma is fascinating. I forgot to mention it because it does feel... It's obviously in the same universe, but it's the most out of it. But I, I love Dogma. Like, yeah, it's a great movie. You know, and even Clerks 2, I think, had its moments. I think there was some, some good stuff with it. It was, you know, flawed. But all of Kevin Smith's movies are flawed. I don't think that's a hot take in any universe. No. Or Oris universe. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, I, 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 I like the movies. I find them fun. Um, most of his non-Viewski movies, I don't particularly enjoy. No, um, I have. I also haven't seen most of the recent ones, so I have not watched Tusk or Yoga Hosers. Yeah, uh, but Zach and Mary make a porno was fine. It was yeah, it was okay. It was a possible uh, foreshadowing for later in this show. Craig Robinson in that movie is utterly delightful. As he is in everything that mm-hmm. he does. Um, it's almost like yeah. he's a silver lining in everything that he shows up in. Almost like that. Uh, <laughs> almost. But yeah. Um, let's, let's, get into, let's get into the reboot. Okay, so all of that on the table. I, you had seen this movie on your own. I was aware of it. I was vaguely interested in it, but also kind of didn't want to watch it because I thought it would make me sad. And uh, how did that pan out for you? <laughs> I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. So I'll say Same. that. Yeah, I'll say that at the top. It, it it feels a little tired for sure, which was kind of my fear that it just, you know, and the opening, I'll say this is a movie that gets a lot better as it goes along. The the opening scene, the opening, like, really first act and a lot of the second act, I was very concerned because a lot of the dialogue was just word-for-word dialogue from previous movies. The story beats were the story beats from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It, it felt like going to, you know, you and I are both wrestling fans. It felt like a lot of like wrestling reunion type shows that I've gone to where the guy is now 20 years older and not as athletic as he once was and is still just saying his catchphrases and you're cheering, but it's also sad. (laughs) Yeah, like you're happy to see him, but you kind of wish you hadn't. Yeah. There's there's a little bit of a a don't meet your heroes feel to this movie in some ways. Um, Yeah. But I think the only way you can enjoy this movie is if you have any enjoyment for the, this world and these characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think if you, if you watch this cold, there's, there's a few jokes that work. I think it's like not a bad movie. And there's some really heartfelt stuff at the end. But um, yeah, I mean, there's really no reason to watch this movie if you aren't familiar with the world. No, um, which almost makes it not a reboot because the point of a reboot is for people that aren't familiar with the world to introduce them to the world and everything. No, it's I understand he called it a reboot because that's the trendy word to, and, and to that's use. That's the joke that they're making. Yeah, but no, it's the Jay and Silent Bob reunion special is honestly what this is. Yeah, and it was entirely made on Zoom. So <laughs> some of it feels like it was made on Zoom. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, I will say that, yeah, people looked a little old, looked a little tired and, um, you know, you're going to get tired winking at the audience that much. (laughs) It's just going to tire your eyes out. Yeah. I mean, that was a thing that like, 
you know, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I enjoy the winking at the audience a lot in that movie. But like, yeah, it, there's something about winking at the audience, about winks at the audience that you did before that, you know, it, it might be too meta for me. <laughs> this movie, um, especially the first, especially, especially the first act is extremely meta. And it, yeah. it does literally hit almost word for word the plot beats of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. Um, in that they find out they lose their uh, likeness rights to the characters. That courtroom scene is great, though. Uh, I get Justin, Craig Robinson. You and know. Justin Long as Brandon St. Randy is always a treat. Yeah. Uh, which sort of unofficially makes Zach and Miri make a porno of U.S. Universe movie. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that uh, Craig Robinson plays the judge in the courtroom scene and his name is Judge Jerry N. Executioner. I didn't catch that, but that's pretty good. It's, it's on his nameplate. It's yeah. uh, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's in a, in a genre. In a you know, movies notoriously don't get courtroom proceedings right. This might get it the most wrong. <laughs> yeah, how actual law works. <laughs> Although, again, like, but not not in, not in a bad, not in like a damn this movie for not doing accurate legal trauma, but. Oh. I I laughed I laughed a lot during the courtroom scene. I'll say that straight up. But I I don't know why it really got me Craig Robinson's delivery of that he had a lot of cases and then panning out to show the complete empty courtroom. <laughs> yeah, there it was there were some good moments. Um but then they find out that they're or they go talk to Banky Edwards. Or no, Brody Bruce. Brody Bruce, sorry. Same actor, different character. <laughs> yeah, come Jason on. Lee from Mallrats. Uh, and he is uh, running the secret stash now at the mall. And this is where they find out that there's going to be a Blood Man and Chronic remake uh, with a female Chronic, mm -hmm. uh, played by Melissa Benwist, as we find out later on in the movie. Um, and so they decide that they have to stop this movie from being made. Again, which is Again. also funny because one of the funniest things to me in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is Goodwill hunting to hunting season. Yeah. Uh, but this movie is unironically a little Goodwill hunting to hunting season in the like, I guess we're going to have to go to Hollywood again. Again. <laughs> yeah. But all that being said, the new twist that you haven't gotten to yet is that we find out that Jay has a daughter that he did not know about from Justice, the love interest in that movie, and um, who is played by Harley Quinn Smith, daughter of Kevin Smith. And, and, and she has a girl group that is an eclectic, um, you know... Uh, mix of... Well, this one is multi-ethnic and... Um, and yeah. there's, you know, there's a, a deaf woman that does sign language, like, you know, to communicate there, you know, there's, there's a lot more inclusivity in the, in this girl group. Yes. Um, yeah. And they, it's basically a wacky road movie. They get to Hollywood to, to, uh, Chronicon and, uh, you know, the, the movie they tried to destroy was actually the friends they made along the way. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the movie also, for the first time, acknowledges the existence of Kevin Smith as a person. 
Although the implication seems to be that the Kevin Smith in the Viewisk universe has not made those movies. He's only made his non... <laughs> so right. he, he's and, only and, made like, you know, uh, Tusk and Jersey Girl and those movies. Right. And done his uh, podcast and all that. Yeah. Although Clerks exists. Oh, right. So he made Clerks. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. It, get, it gets murky if you really try to... <laughs> Yeah, if you try to pull on those threads. But I enjoy... So, I I don't know the way to bring this up. And I I feel like to to say it is to be kind of a jerk. And I don't... I, but, like, Jason Mewes is a person that I very much love. And who I have enjoyed in these movies quite a bit. He is someone who has a very well-documented history of substance abuse problems uh, of uh, it, like, I, I very much love that Kevin Smith has talked openly about the fact that he makes these movies. Like he kind of made clerks too, as like a promise to Jason Mewes if he got clean. And it, it seems like this is uh, a beautiful way that they share their friendship, much like you and I are sharing our friendship recording this podcast. It's very oh God, sweet. My Jay? Yeah, you're definitely Jay. Okay, uh, great. But, so shut up then. <laughs> uh, but I, my, this is where I think emotionally I enjoyed the movie a lot because I like these characters. I like these people. I like the viewers universe, but objectively Jason Muse in this movie is not, you know, I, I don't know the right way to say it, but he's, he's not as capable of carrying a movie as he was when he did. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, I think it's just that he's older. Yeah. Um, when like when you look at how terrible of an actor he was in Clerks. Yeah. And and how much progressively better he got. Like it's just it's weird seeing a guy in his mid to late forties now. I guess about give or take. Yeah. Um, still kind of doing. He's got to be, the, I'd say, yeah, because I think Kevin Smith is about is either just turned 50 or is about to turn 50. So, yeah, he's he's right around right around that age. Um, so it's it's again, similar to, you know, similar to seeing Jake the Snake Roberts or something. come Yeah, out with that snake, you know, it's um, that's sort of how it is. So, yeah, and it's just I, I hope I made that clear. Like, it's I just. I I have feelings. I have an emotional attachment to him that I very much love seeing him on screen. But just yeah, the performance is not what it once was. Yeah, and like um, I'm also, and you know, I don't feel great saying it. Not a big Harley Quinn Smith fan. I see now on that. I will disagree with you in that. Like I actually thought that she did well like in the the film i i think the character itself we could talk about like i I don't know that i loved how she was written but i thought performance wise i actually found her to be very charismatic and like enjoyed her and i think it's for me i think it's something with maybe it's like her cadence or her diction that just kind of like it's a little feels a little stilted to me i don't know like it's it not so much that it takes away from the movie and um, she had, there's some great moments like, uh, her and her friend, uh, Jihad, uh, like talking about Chris Hemsworth, I thought was really funny. Oh yeah. No, I think that's what it is, is like, 
I see some chops with her, like in much in the way that you talked about Jay, where he started out from and where he ended up. I think that like I see a lot of potential. She's young. Like, I, I think that she could be a really great actress. And I think like I enjoyed her performance in this while admitting that it's, you know, it's not without its flaws. But I I think like I I enjoyed her overall. Yeah, I mean, it's. I would say like. I think I enjoyed the nostalgia trip a little bit more than I enjoyed like some of the new stuff they tried. Uh, but like there's a, like the random throwaway scene where they disrupt a clan rally and Kevin Smith yeah. just does the Alec Baldwin monologue from Glenn Carey, Glenn Ross. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a choice. Uh, with friend of the show, Chris Jericho. So, you know, yeah, no, I, I did. I definitely had that of like, is that Chris Jericho? That's Chris Jericho. Like, you know, but that always, always delightful to see Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um, oh, and another thing continuing with uh, Jay and Silent Bob being unable to recognize that there's really only about eight different people in their universe and they just all look the same is that uh, Shannon Elizabeth's character, Justice, her wife is Rosario Dawson. Yes, which I, again, I, I know we're not at the silver linings portion, but loved it. Love, I love Rosario Dawson unequivocally when she shows oh, yeah. up in things. She is often not used in ways that I enjoy in movies. Like she, she's often brought in to be a, and I include clerks too in this to some degree of just like brought in to be the cool girlfriend of some schlubby Schlub. guy that doesn't deserve to be dating Rosario Dawson and you know, whose her existence is meant to make you like the person more than actually being a character. So I, I like this twist for Rosario Dawson. Um, not playing the same character from Clerks 2. Playing, no, definitely complete different character. Uh, and I like that they, um, you know, reaffirmed that uh, Justice is a lesbian because that was a, a largely cut out plot of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back uh, was that the gang of women, including Jennifer Schwalbach Smith and Ellie Larder and Elijah Dushku, they were all lesbian lovers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Missy, Chrissy, and Sissy. Sissy. Yeah. And and Justice. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite throwaway jokes in uh, Janton Bob's which is like, bitch, your name doesn't even fit the rhyme scheme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and this, this movie has... I feel like they had a lot of stuff they wanted to be throwaway jokes um, that didn't like didn't land as well as they could have. Um, but there's still a lot of funny moments, but there's like stuff that's really unfunny. Like Jay calling Fred Armisen's character Merkin. Yeah. That felt very forced and like nothing. And like the hater tots, that wasn't fun. No, I, okay. So yeah, let, maybe this is a good way to go uh, right now of just to let, let's look at, so we've obviously talked a lot about rehashing of familiar stuff. Uh, so new things. Okay, we we covered the Fred Armisen of it all. Not great. I did. I don't know. I feel like it could have been funnier, but I did like the idea that the this current 2019 version of Silent Bob texts, and that it takes him forever to get the emojis. That it's like six button pushes to get one emoji. I again, I think there was more comedy to be mined from that, but I thought that was a good 
update to his character of like he doesn't talk but now he uses his phone to communicate right yeah no there that was yeah that was that was good stuff um what, what else it, is new i'm just yeah i'm trying to think uh i i like some of the ways that like they showed that harley quinn smith uh whose character's name is millennium falcon which is great yeah um she goes by millie most of the time um, but just showing like the similarities that she and uh, and Jay have, like that they use the blueprints, the Wiley Coyote esque blueprints to like plan out their schemes. That's also uh, I, just a, a side note that of new things in this movie. The much like the clan thing that was very bizarre. The child molester subplot was head scratching, and it's like I get what they were going for, but just an odd choice yeah they they tried to save face a little bit of it if you watch the credits um they show a scene where this was actually a guy that like would try to save girls from predators by like picking them up and saving their souls rather than preying on them yeah but at the same time just felt just felt icky yeah yeah it's just like not you know in a silly movie like this it's a very dark choice to make glibly for one scene yeah um yeah i'm trying to i mean like i mean there's not a whole lot new uh but i think like we have like the beginning which is sort of like the quote-unquote bad nostalgia trip a little bit being like ah. but then um again kevin smith you know, using his movies as a way to reconcile issues in his personal life. Um, <laughs> Which I guess would be what you would just call his style, I think. Yeah, I mean, if if, if he has an oeuvre, that, that is certainly it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, he brings back almost everybody that's... Uh, part That was part of the movies. Like, the whole Clerks cast... Um, was there uh brian o'halloran is like all over this movie yeah he has a couple he plays dante the real dante the clerk's movie dante a newscaster yeah uh all with the last name hicks <laughs> but yeah he pops up a lot um not as much uh randall graves um no yeah he, jeff, An- jeff anderson yeah jeff anderson not really a presence in this movie which is a shame because he's he's a great character yeah randall randall's a great character i haven't seen him do anything else i've been like yeah but he i don't think he really acts in too much else yeah um yeah there you know um there's another weird sort of lack of continuity something or other that i want to call it where so the reason that they're going to L.A., Janice and Bob are going to L.A. to stop the movie from being made at Chronicon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Millennium Falcon and her friends are going to L.A. because uh, Jian Yu, uh, their podcaster friend, uh, wants to is a huge Blunt Man and Chronic fan, and you know before she gets before she moves back to China, uh, wants to go and, and meet them. So you would think that like they would know a little bit about the world of Blunt Man and Chronic, and they seem way too surprised that a bunch of people are dressed up like Jay and Silent Bob at this thing. I guess that yeah, I mean it's it's not great, but I 
I would assume that maybe the rationale is that the one who is saying that she's a huge fan of Blunt Man and Chronic, you, you know, Twist turns out to actually be a, a secret agent at the end. But maybe the other three friends aren't actually into it. They're just supporting their friend who's into it, which you kind of need that to be the case, because otherwise, you know, as soon as they see real Jay and Silent Bob, they should recognize them as Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. But it seemed like they had seen the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... It's it's a flaw. It's, it's, it's a flaw. A, it's a plot hole. Um, but but I, sorry. not detracting enough. Not I, enough to detract from the movie. One thing I do while I'm just thinking about it, that I don't, because I'll forget this later, but I did enjoy the joke early on when they're trying to travel to Los Angeles that they have their bag of money from the from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back that is now whittled down to just a little bit. You know, it's mostly change. That it's yeah. like a Ziploc bag. I thought that was a nice touch of like updating because they ended up with a lot of money at the end of that movie. And then the idea that, you know, 20 years later, there's a little bit of it left, but nothing significant. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then um, we sort of, I think, get to part of the movie that's sort of the emotional heart of the movie that uh, you all heard at the beginning, which is when they meet up with uh, Ben Affleck's Holden McNeil. Yeah, which is, the, yeah, like, so for me watching it, I was like, yeah, this is okay. When Ben Affleck showed up as Holden McNeil, definitely, I think, kicked in the movie to another gear for me. Ben Affleck being the, you know, emotional center of this movie is is kind of wonderful. It was very sweet. Like, if you know the the sort of real world stuff I, you know i've read a bit of, like of kevin smith talking about that he wasn't sure if affleck was gonna do the movie because they had kind of fallen out of touch and then he had a heart attack in real life almost died and it was actually jason muse who really pushed him to reach out to ben affleck and he did and they reconnected and then he agreed to do the movie and honestly that hug that they have felt really nice where he kind of stops what he's saying is like hold on let's like that you know I don't know if that was real or not, but it felt real. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty accurate. Um and I'm a Fleck fan, you know. I'm I'm all about the Affleck. Oh no, I if if you're familiar with uh many of the conversations that me and Aaron Fox have had on Hobo Radio, we we both are team Ben Affleck. Uh I I wanted him to show up in this. I love that he showed up in this. I do love him joking about Batman and, you know, being able to kind of poke fun. I mean, the my favorite stuff in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is all the Ben Affleck stuff. Like, the idea of Goodwill hunting to hunting season is hilarious. Like the, uh, I wasn't with a hooker today. Yeah. All of that is great. And including his Holden uh, McNeil, too. You yeah, know, in the like, beginning. In the beginning is, is all really wonderful. I will, sorry, I know I'm kind of bouncing around, but while I'm thinking about it, a disappointment for me a little bit was like, I love Diedrich Bader showing up, but I felt like it was a waste of Diedrich Bader. Like he wasn't yeah. bad, but he's capable of being a lot funnier than he was given space to be. Just because one, one of the, one of my personal favorite <laughs> jokes in, in Silent Jam, Silent Bob's strike back is when he's like he's like yes and when you're done say oh what a lovely tea party yeah which apparently was 
improv done by <laughs> Diedrich Bader. He improvised that line during the scene because, of course, he did. Because yeah, that guy's a genius. Like, um, so there wasn't a moment like that. Yeah, he. That, I mean, they they used him in the same role. He was a security guard again, and which arguably is, the same security guard. Yeah, I think so. But uh, but yeah, it just didn't have a line as funny as that. You know. But yeah, I, I mean. Okay, I feel like we're dancing around. Do we... Have we covered this movie? I don't know. I, I know we got to get to the silver linings, but have, is there anything else pre-silver lining portion that we... I Oh, how about this? I It was, you know, during this nostalgia trip, both cool and a little depressing to realize that on a movie like this that had a very small budget that apparently you can afford the song Daughter by Pearl Jam now that it's just enough <laughs> enough time has passed that one of my favorite bands of all time is affordable for your indie movie. Yeah, that was Yeah, that's that's now that you think about it, that's a little oh, I mean that song is almost 30 years old. Mhm. And great, I mean, great use makes total sense in the movie, but I just had that of like they have they were able to afford daughter or who knows i mean maybe knowing eddie vetter who showed up in portlandia and you know fred armisen is in this movie it's entirely possible he could have gifted them <laughs> the use of the song yeah it could be um i'm trying to think if there's anything else uh another great cameo was friend of the show val kilmer uh yeah val kilmer i mean you, so you have the whole Batman connection, obviously, which is nice. Also, I mean, weirdly, I, I think this is meta in that, like, Val Kilmer has had, you know, he had throat cancer and, like, you know, it's not a... So, like, I felt like that was an intentional choice to have him... Be the Silent Bob character in, in the yeah. Blunt Man v. Chronic movie. Yeah. Could be. Also, uh, Tommy Chong popped up as alfred the butler yeah uh you know i mean one of the best parts of jay and silent bob strike back was the cameos and the little one-offs and things like that so i think it that was a great way to pay homage there were a lot of great cameos uh no carrie fisher as a harry bush nun rest in peace yeah um, oh god that man now i'm just gonna be sad about the death of carrie fisher all over again sorry uh, so let's get into the what? What is the silver lining? Because I feel like we've been pretty kind to this movie. Mm -hmm. Again, um, I I'll say this as we transition to the silver lining. I think I kind of said it, but just to say it unequivocally, I don't know that this is a good movie. It's a movie that I enjoyed, you know, and I think there's a big difference. You know, I yes. I think to your point, if you were to watch this as a standalone film, and if you want to use the comparison of the Avengers, like. You know, maybe, you know, going into that first Avengers movie or even honestly Endgame, you know, well, not I mean, Infinity War, not Endgame, <laughs> but like going into one of those movies, you might not know everything, but I feel like you could at least follow it enough. The plot, I, I honestly think this movie, if it was your first view a skew universe like film would be nothing to you. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the lowbrow humor might land if that's your thing. 
Yeah, there you but, might laugh a couple of times, but you none of this plot will mean anything to you. Yeah, that the scene, the Ben Affleck scene at the end will be like, why are they, why are they putting this drama in my dumb comedy? Yeah, you know, like a lot of that stuff won't land. So this is a movie that is heavily caveated with that. I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, they, it's it's a question of what you want from this movie. If you want a good movie that I do think early Kevin Smith viewers universe films are. I don't think this is that. No, I would, I would agree. Um, if you miss these people and you care about them and you want to see them hang out together and have fun in a movie that was probably a ton of fun to make, then it's a, you know, you know, an enjoyable experience. Yeah. I would say, you know, the, the audience of this movie is fans of Kevin Smith slash Viewers Universe with an hour and a half to kill. Yeah. It's a good pandemic movie. Oh, yeah. That, that's that's why I watched it. Um, yeah. It was very, very early on during the current global situation. And um, I happened to... I was like, whoa, there's a chance. I didn't even know, I didn't even know the movie existed. Oh, wow. Um, and I saw it on Amazon Prime. And I was like, oh, I'll give this a watch. What else am I doing? Yeah. Um, and it was fine. It was fun. And it was dumb. And it made me laugh a few times. And made me nostalgic for those other movies and Mm -hmm. yeah i laughed really hard when kevin smith said my precious podcasting ears it was a good yeah that was that was that was a good moment all Um, right so but yeah with all those caveats i think so what do we really want to say like i feel like there's you know maybe we've already touched on the the larger silver lining which is that if all of this means something to you it's a it's a perfectly serviceable emotional reunion with these yeah, it, with this world. Um, so I'd say the things that stand out are the courtroom scene in the beginning. It's mm-hmm. just so dumb and funny. Yep. Um, Which just Justin, I, I mean all of it, but I want specifically Craig Robinson for me always. I would say I I love Justin Long. Uh, I'm a huge. I think he's a very underrated talent as an actor, as a, right. and especially as a comedic actor. But you know, Craig Robinson is the best part of those scenes. Yeah, uh, just Craig Robinson has the, a very unique ability that it really might just be him and um, Danny uh, Danny McBride are like the two people that they make things funny in a way that I don't even understand why. Like if anyone else said the exact same line, I wouldn't laugh as hard. There's something about their deliveries that they both just elevate material that like makes me laugh every time, you know? Yeah. Like if anybody else sang, take your panties off, it wouldn't be funny, but no Craig Robinson singing it. It's yeah. Genius. uh, Yeah. So, so all of that, but yeah, the, the courtroom scene, I, I think some of the, I guess I'll call it retconning of, you know, chasing Amy retconning, probably the biggest, even the justice retconning a little bit, you know, just, I think there was some good, you know, while the movie still often relied on a lot of stuff that feels very tired and out of date in 2020 and shouldn't get a pass on, like there were, there's a number of things in the movie that like me now, you know, at this age and point in my life i was just kind of like oh why no this is but i give him credit for some of the other stuff like kind of realizing 
you know, like chasing Amy didn't really work the way that I wanted it to, you know, and with hindsight, I can try to rewrite the ending. Justify that and and acknowledge the the error of my ways. So stuff like that, like I I liked the attempt uh, to to fix some of that. I thought it was good. Uh, I I enjoyed Kevin Smith as a character, honestly. You know, it's funny because I do feel like Kevin Smith probably created silent Bob at a time when much like Jason Mewes, he didn't really have experience on camera and really wanted to limit what he needed to do. But I think over time, Kevin Smith has become a draw in and of himself. And so there is actually a good contrast between the character of silent Bob and Kevin Smith that comedically worked for me, but also like, I think added a lot of life to the end of the movie to actually get to parody Kevin Smith by, you know, making fun of Kevin Smith. Yeah. And it it was, it was self-deprecating in a way that was like good and not mean. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, people should be able to take shots at themselves and should be able to laugh at themselves. I think that's typically what makes comedians funnier, but, um, there's also a way that you can overdo it. And, uh, Kevin Smith showed restraint, which is something I don't think he's known for. Yeah. Because he could have made the the fictional Kevin Smith an absolute monster, but instead he's just a little bit out of touch, a little bit of a, a little bit of a douche. Yeah. Yeah. But not out of line with his podcasting persona and his sort of public identity. No, I think they towed that line well. I am confused about the the reality of the you know, I guess it works, but like He's showing a clip of the film that he's making, which implies that, you know, at least some of it is already edited and well advanced, but he's still shooting new footage for the movie. I guess that makes sense, but that's a odd, you know, just choice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, whatever. Uh, the The end is narratively kind of a mess, but you know, emotionally and, you know, payoff wise, really great. Like there's a lot of really fun stuff. I did enjoy Iron Man, Silent Bob. Yeah. Marvel's going to sue somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was all that stuff. I think, I mean, I think, I think this movie works. Um, I think, if you're reluctant to revisit it, I think the silver lining is Craig Robinson in his cameo. <laughs> I also, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Chris Hemsworth's cameo too. Uh, yeah, it's it's del- he's a delight, and I hate him with all every fiber of my being. No, no one he, should be that handsome, that fit, and that funny. Yeah, but I also it's not fair. It's it's interesting because like he's probably the biggest get for this movie. I mean, Affleck is a get, but like Ben Affleck is long time friend, friend yeah. you know so so when ben affleck and matt damon show up it's cool but it's also sort of almost expected honestly but to get chris hemsworth who's you know a legit big time movie star who has no reason to be in your movie <laughs> to do a dumb cameo where he says please don't try to have sex with this hologram yeah but all of that made me laugh very hard you know, and I think is the reality of if a Chris Hemsworth hologram were to exist. I I would I would want to meet that hologram. <laughs> you would do all the things that it told you not to. I mean, can you blame me, though? Let's be honest here. I'm not saying I wouldn't. <laughs> OK, let's, 
and, and that gets to another um, arguable silver lining in this movie. No gay panic. Yeah, yeah, which is the worst part of Strike James Back. on Bob Strike Back. I did enjoy Jason Biggs and um, James uh, Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek showing up, and I like that James Vanderbeek was on board with the reboot. Like James Vanderbeek parodying himself is one of my favorite things in the entire world. And if you have never seen "Don't Trust the Bee" in Apartment Twenty Three, do yourself a favor and watch that immediately because it's, yeah, it's a good show. It's a great show, but it's also just really quality James Vanderbeek making fun of himself. And the fact that that's like it's he's a character on the show, like he's yeah. not like a, an occasional pop in, like he is part of the core cast mm-hmm. playing a parody of himself, and it's delightful. No, it's really great. Uh, yeah, so all of that, you know, I I did enjoy it. Um, it was nice, by the way, too. Like in the Ben Affleck scene, seeing Jason Muse's real daughter, who's yeah. super adorable be used as the daughter in that scene. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I think some of the emotional beats really hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like the end when uh, Jay and Millie have a cup of coffee together, like that's like a nice little thing. I also, that joke legit was maybe one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie was him telling Millie that they've been sticking gum in the lock of the quick stop for 25 years. <laughs> It's like, yeah, we come in every night and put come in the lock of the quick stop. Like, that's a legit good payoff, like, long payoff joke of, like, new something new. Like, a new thing to, to kind of pay off the world that, like, really amused me. Yeah, that's that's a better closing the book on the Askew universe than anything else they could do. Yeah. So, like, no, that was great. Um, if we're going to talk about the post credit stuff, one, God bless Kevin Smith for having the you know sort of uh foresight to improvise a scene with stan lee for the movie when they were at a panel together uh which then you know serves as the stan lee cameo in the movie but like all of that was genuinely really wonderful to see like i you know uh, my heart will always explode into a million pieces when i see stan lee uh he that guy's great and Kevin Smith arguably deserves a lot of credit for really helping to, you know, keep Stan Lee's legacy alive at a time before Marvel, you know, really cemented that, you know, the most screen time that I think Stan Lee has had in a movie is probably in, you know, when he shows up in Mallrats and like... Yeah, I mean, he has a full-on scene, not like a line or two. Yeah, so, and and again... and it's yeah. a great connection to uh, Captain Marvel when the Stanley cameo is him reading the Mallrats script. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is very confusing because... It made me chuckle and smile. Oh, it makes me chuckle. But then, I mean, you, you create... To try to wrap your head around it. It's, it's yeah, a what is, what is Stan Lee in the Marvel Cinematic Universe if he exists? You know, does he make comics? What are they about? Anyway, that's not what we're here yeah. for um i think we did it i think uh i think this is one of the easier episodes that we've done um it's it's not a good movie but it's fun if you're a fan and that's i think all it intended to be yeah no i think it for sure hits the exact mark of what it is trying to do and definitely watch the post credit stuff because i think that's all worth it i think, I think honestly the movie. yeah and it's I, the only other thing I will say is, yeah, if you 
if you start this movie and you're kind of not super into it, just let it keep going. Cause, and I'll, I'll say too, like I watched it with Molly and it was kind of funny because I could see the, the tilt with her, which was, cause I feel like this is the test for any movie was early on. She got up for something and I was like, do you want me to pause it? And she was like, no. And then at towards the end of the movie, she got up again and said, can you pause it? So like it, it, it turned that corner from, eh, I don't need you to pause it to pause it. I want to see what has. So like it gets there. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's, it passes seems... the pause it test, which is a, a thing I just made up, but I like, let's trademark that. Yeah. It's with the, yeah. If you, if you use it, which we encourage you to just stick $5 in an envelope and just mail it to us, mail it to us. Um, maybe we'll set up a Patreon so you can, buy rights to use the posit test in your own conversation. Yeah, it's just, you know, just a little, a little something for us, but but please use so, it. So yeah, so does the movie pass the posit test? Mm-hmm. And this one does, I think. Yeah. And, yep. So so we did it. We did it. Good for us. And now uh, our classic sign off. 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. Oh, we oh we oh. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Joe from the Curioso Podcast. And we give our stamp of Curioso approval to the podcast that you're listening to right now. 